and contract and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, you just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions As an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your hosts, Shandera Peschel and Steven Zhao, together with the Express Yourself Star on Air team. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. Now, here's Shandera Peschel and Steven Zhao to kick off the fun. Welcome to our program, Express Yourself. We are a show by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are C31 charity. I'm Chandara. And I'm Steven Zhao. And we're your teen hosts. Now, last week, our team briefly explored the world of music, talking to everyone from professional musicians to high school bands and even the vocalist for our very own theme song. We will be returning to the topic of music sometime in the future as there are definitely much more topics to be covered than can be done in a single hour. But as we continue on, this week we'll be talking about turning to our inner selves and finding our own gifts. Are we also going to talk about your plans to bleach your hair? That would be a non-response for me. I do not plan to do that, thanks. So I'm no blonde hair? Finding... <laughs> no, not blonde hair, at least not for now. Okay. Maybe in the future if I really have to. <laughs> we are seriously talking about something about finding our inner passions, finding talents that we never knew existed, and just basically searching for what we are meant to do here in this life. So... Shonda, we'll just move into talking about you. What do you think your passions are? I'd have to say probably helping other people, um, you know, giving advice, and just like when people ask me for help, like I really, I really want to give them a solution. So that's why kind of being a therapist is another thing I want to do in life. What about you, Stephen? I think for me, it's along the similar lines, but I like to work more on a group scale, and I'm definitely interested in something like teaching because I know that. Uh, I want to see how I can impact the next generation in terms of a classroom setting. And after all, like I had my own inspirational teachers and I felt like these were ext- these types of teachers were really um, evident in pushing me along my own path in the future. But, That's cool. you know, obviously based on our conversations as uh, <laughs> experts on the topic, <laughs> the theme seems to be pretty vague. But hopefully by the end of our interviews with various actual experts on the idea, we'll get a general sense of what this show is about for finding yourself and finding your own gifts. 
Now, before we move on to the break, let's jump over to our wonderful team field reporter, Courtney Chen, with her segment titled Book It. Courtney is a senior in Fremont, California, who provides us with great reviews on the latest books, TV shows, and movies out there. Courtney, welcome to the show. Hey guys, I'm Courtney Chang, and actually I'm from Danville, California. And this yes, is, I realized yeah. that just because I was <laughs> recently I read this amazing book called *The Adoration of Jenna Fox* by Mary E. Pearson. The main character is 16-year-old Jenna, who wakes up from a year-long coma as a 17-year-old. She has absolutely no recollection of the accident that caused the coma or any of her life before the incident. So her parents decide to make her watch old home videos. When she watches these videos, she begins to notice tiny details about herself, like the facial expressions she's making or some like dancing she does. And then when she tries to recreate them, she notices that they feel really foreign and strange. And after discussing with her friends from school and confronting her parents several times, Jenna uncovers the truth behind her accident. And once the truth is revealed, she suddenly finds herself forced to make a decision of morality between what is legal and what is right. So this book is definitely one I would suggest to a lot of other young adult readers. It has a bit of something for everyone. There's a definite science fiction feel to it, even though it dabbles a fair bit into the romance genre as well. And even though there are a few potentially controversial topics discussed in depth within the story, Pearson goes about it really delicately and portrays the topics in a completely informative way. And for someone who generally shies away from the science fiction genre, I was rather surprised to find that I ended up loving the book. It's definitely one of those books you have to read at least twice, like once to enjoy. Oh, really? Yeah, and then once to rework through all the details again. If you're looking Uh, for a fascinating fiction novel, go check it out. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, I'm the same way. I I wouldn't really think I would be interested in something of that genre. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, that sounds really cool. Have you read anything else by Mary E. Pearson? Uh, not yet, but she does have a sequel coming out. It's called The Fox oh. Inheritance. And I think, I don't know if it came out. I think it came out already, but I haven't checked it know, out yet. I really want to. Do you know when this book that you read came out? I don't know that, actually. Okay. Yeah. I should look that up because now that, that makes me want to read it. <laughs> it. It's really good. It, it was really surprising to me, too. I don't want to spoil anything, but... <laughs> And you've read it more than once? media out there. Yes, I've (laughs) read it twice. I actually read it twice in the, like, in a row. I finished it once, and then I read it again immediately afterwards. It's always fun to do that, to get, it feels like you got more out of it the second time. It definitely does, because the second time you go through, you always realize, oh, there's that one thing I missed, because I was so excited to keep going on and find out what happens next. Exactly. Find the subtleties. (laughs) Exactly. Apparently, there's this movie out there. This oh, is just God. on the topic of good stuff versus bad stuff. And uh, Courtney, you have some great movies and good books, but uh, Shandara, you can take over the explanation. Steven, this this is so not on topic, but it's, it's so it's, what? It's a cult film called The Room, starring a man named Tommy Wiseau, and it's basically supposed to be a a really, like, sad, dark drama, but the acting and directing and editing is so bad that it's actually portrayed as, it's, people see it as a comedy now, so then the guy, Tommy Wiseau, who directed it and did everything for it, decided to call it a comedy himself, but everyone knows it was supposed to be a drama, and it's just really funny. <laughs> Wait, when was this made? Um, I believe it was made in 2003, and it was at all the cult movie theaters. And he's actually from um, 
San Francisco. He's from Northern California, but he has That's, a very thick accent. <laughs> that is very interesting. I've never I, heard of that. I will send you the trailer one day. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I will uh, watch it. sent the trailer to me, and it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know how to describe it. The guy, the guy just couldn't act, and the He's movie a, was just horrible. Like characters would appear and then just disappear and just like not appear in the storyline. And then they have like five different side stories going on, but none of them get resolved. So Nothing's this, resolved. It's just like yeah. some sort of plotless movie thing. Well, it's, originally, it's not a loose plot, but it's not it's not it executed very well. Yeah, and oh. then some of the lead actors quit, so they had to change it on the spot. Oh, that's yeah. so awkward. Yeah. Yeah, he spent six million dollars on it, but it looks like it was made off of about a thousand. <laughs> it's very <Right>. depressing. Movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tying this back. Sorry, I was <laughs> yes. one to bring it off topic. I'm gonna bring this back on topic. <laughs> so Courtney, about your book, what do you think about it as a movie? What do you think do you think that'll work out? Um that's a, that's really interesting to consider. I don't think it would make that good of a movie. It's it's really interesting because there's a lot of details in the plot, but then once you put it on the movie screen, I don't feel like there's much action you can show because a lot of the like the the buildup is repeatedly the same thing, like Jenna watching home videos, and a lot of it is like her. A lot of what you read is her thought process, so I'm not sure how you would portray it, but I think something of, of a similar plot would make a great movie. So it's something that should stay pretty much on paper. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, the story sounds like it could be. A film potentially, yeah. but I guess I would have to read it to realize the details should just stay in the book. Yeah, I think a film adaptation would be really cool. That that I would watch. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about film ad- adaptations is like when they pretty much dissect the book so it can fit into one or two hours, and you're like, wait, but they're missing that character or this part or whatever. Yeah, that that definitely happened with a lot of movies. A lot of books that I like that they're made into movies, like I think My Sister's Keeper was one of them, and mm. then Harry Potter's Five and Six. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Most they, definitely. They, they, they cut out so much stuff. I was kind of disappointed, at least. The movie was good, but then compared to the book, the book is always better. Of course, it always ha- it's always so much um, it's always so much juicier to read the book than to yeah. watch it on TV or. Well, yeah, films are limited, whereas books you can just use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in books, there's also what I find really interesting is like the characters' backstories. It's like there's all these little details that don't come out in the movie screen, but then once you read it, because there's all these minor details, perhaps not completely crucial to the plot. There's always exactly tidbits, yeah. Do you ever like to write, Courtney? I love writing, actually. I love oh, writing that's so great. much. Yeah, <laughs> writing is so much. I fun. think that's expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i I wish I could write every day, but unfortunately, because of schoolwork and obligations that I have to do, Yay, cannot. Year. <laughs> oh yeah. Cry. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Courtney, for your contribution. Yeah. Now we are off to a quick break, and when we return, the first of our guests this week, Brooks Obries, will be discussing his book, Blue Ocean Bob, a classic kid's book describing a young boy as he discovers his passion for saving sea animals and protecting sea life. You are listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Peshal. Don't go away. We'll be back. 
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Steven Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal, and we're your teen hosts. Now, in this segment, we're featuring Brooks Ulvries. Brooks wrote the book Blue Ocean Bob Discovers His Purpose, which is about a boy who discovers his purpose to protect the sea and all life within it. Brooks Ulvries became intrigued by the philosophies of success in high school, but his interest in the subject was truly ignited when he began to study the work of Bob Proctor. After the birth of his son, Brooks became inspired to make these principles more accessible to children. Blue Ocean Bob Discovers His Purpose is the first book in the Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob series. With both Wisconsin and California roots, Brooks is now a managing director at the investment bank Ion Partners in New York. He is a graduate of Stanford University, the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy, and the University of California at Berkeley School of Law. Welcome, Brooks. Thank you, Shandar. It's nice to be here. Nice to meet you. So, Brooks, why don't you give us some background information on your book, Blue Ocean Bob, and the reasons why you wrote it and what it's about in general? Sure. Um, As you mentioned in my bio, I was uh, a fan of Bob Proctor's work, who's a personal development speaker, coach, and had been studying the, the principles for use in my own life, but also had a four and a half year old son who I would go home and read picture books to each night. And I had the idea that this information that I was learning uh, that was helping me um, 
that wasn't really new, but that was, you know, opening up new opportunities for me would be great to expose to kids at a young age. And so I actually took the idea to Bob Proctor at an event, and I didn't expect him to say this, but what he said was, why don't you do it? And uh, that's the always idea inspiring. Was <laughs> yes. And if you know Bob Proctor, he's very practical. And he handed me a goal card and said, you know, by the end of the weekend, right on the goal card, the day you're going to have it done. Um, <laughs> at least a first at least a first draft. And uh, I actually did that. And I didn't meet the time I put on the card, but I, I, I re changed the date, which he said is always OK to do as well. A couple months later and did have it done. And the basic idea was a boy living on an island, uh, an idyllic island with a good life, but feeling that he needed something more, some, there had to be more to his life. And he decides to go out and ask the sea creatures, um, who seem to be very wise and happy and joyful, you know, what their secret is. And he first meets a dolphin who uh, you know, tells him it's, it's really about appreciating life's every minute, but that he better go talk to Doc, who's the sage uh, in the area, and he does that, and, and Doc basically tells him to look within, decide what he loves, what's his passion, and, and make that his purpose. And when he does that, he realizes he loves the ocean. He loves the sea creatures. He loves understanding and helping them, and he wants to do more. And so the first book is him discovering that he wants to be this blue ocean Bob, uh, my, uh, marine biologist. And the later stories in the series, he learns uh, different lessons, all with the help of the sea creatures. And uh, the next book I'm, I'm working on is a five-chapter book, not only purpose, but also vision, goals, attitude, and persistence. How would you tell an individual to find their special gift without going on a sea journey? <laughs> well, I don't think, I, I think, I think. I would love to go on a sea journey, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think the aspect of the sea journey and, and, and the marine biology is just, just an example of one thing someone might, you know, enjoy uh, but really, it's, it's, it's a matter of, you know, I think looking within and deciding what it is that really excites you, what, what inspires you, what, what makes you, you know, excited to, to live and to pursue. And, and I think for kids, it doesn't necessarily mean a career. When I talked to my son about it, he says he loves soccer and he wants to play soccer and be the best soccer player he can be. And that's, you know, that's his idea of his, his purpose right now is to become the best soccer player he can be. But I'm sure it'll change over time. And it's just a matter of really following your passions. I think that's the advice that Doc, the character in the book, would give to anyone that came to him asking how they should find their purpose. So, Brooks, jumping back to the roots of this book, what exactly were the uh, philosophies and the, the principles that you learned from Bob Proctor that you infused into this book? I mean, we have an idea of what it is, but what exactly did Proctor say that was so inspiring? It's not so much what Bob Proctor said as the information that he teaches, which is a body of knowledge that goes back to the early 1900s, uh, Wallace D. Waddles, Napoleon Hill, and Earl Nightingale, which is basically, to sum it up, a philosophy of positive thinking and the way we can control our minds and our thoughts to really react to situations and therefore get better outcomes. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but do you know Viktor Frankl? Uh, yes, I've, I've heard of Viktor Frankl, sure. It just reminded me because I think that's part of the philosophy that because we were studying him in school today, um, he was talk. He's he's the person who talked about how to respond positively to situations. Did that have any influence on Proctor, or am I on the completely wrong track? <laughs> no, that you're absolutely on the right track. Uh, Bob Proctor talks about Viktor Frankl in his uh, you know, various seminars or his his books, and it's basically Viktor Frankl philosophy was that no matter how bad the situation you might be facing, uh, your 
you're, you always control your own thoughts and your own re response to the situation. And I think it's when we realize that, that we gain so much more control and really power to, to achieve what we want in life and, and don't let external circumstances necessarily dictate what's going to happen to you. Definitely. Yeah. For uh, for those listening, just so you guys know, Viktor Frankl was a prisoner of the Nazi concentration camp, and he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning as a result, describing his experiences and producing this theory of logotherapy, which is exactly what Brooks just told us about, the idea that we can always respond positively to anything that happens. Exactly. You always affect your own outcome. So moving back to your book, Brooks, how would you say this connects to, I mean, five-year-olds, like... It's kind of difficult to read a 19th, 20th century philosophy book to a child. So it's actually amazing how you managed to get the idea into a children's book. How, how did you manage that? And how do you think that works with children? Well, I think the motivating factor for me was a lot of this, you know, adult philosophy talks about the subconscious mind and that we have a lot of things in our subconscious that really determine how we respond and how we act and some, you know, sometimes people call it our conditioning or our paradigms. My idea was the kids don't necessarily have to totally understand the message, but they're at a stage where everything that goes in is getting absorbed. And so I wanted to put some positive ideas in there. And even if they didn't understand everything, all the words or necessarily all the messages, the positive information would be there with them going forward. And uh, my, my evolution with this process in this book is that I think this concept is great in a picture book, uh, and I think purpose is a very s fundamental concept in a picture book, but I decided, and with the counsel of, of other people in the children's book industry, that it kind of made sense a little more for kids a little bit older, and that's why the next one I'm doing is a chapter book, and it's more geared towards first and second graders as opposed to kindergarten and first graders, and I think kids are going to be a little more receptive to the ideas. Um, I think young kids still really like the picture book. They've gotten great response. But that's why I've changed the format going forward. Oh, so basically cool. growing up with the children. <laughs> yeah. How do you think well, teens can take the message and apply it to their own life? Well, the thing is, I think there's information in this book and in, in my upcoming book that, you know, is applicable to teens, kids, adults, everyone. Um, I think teens are particularly, you know, in a good position to really start studying this, the, the source information. So I think these books are really targeted at younger kids. And my thought is that as kids get older, they'll have they'll remember being exposed to this, but they'll really get into it in their teens. And that's when I got into it. That's when I first read uh, Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Now, I didn't read it with the same intensity and understanding that I that I do now, but I was exposed to it and I read it. And there was something that resonated with me when I was in high school. And, you know, I think it was very instrumental in getting me where where I've gotten with you know my academic and professional career just being exposed to that at that age so I think this is great information for teens so Brooks in your book Blue Ocean Bob Bob basically decides on being um what is it oceanologist and and a biology sorry what do you what, what was the occupation he decided on a marine biologist marine biologist there we go that makes a lot more sense well so what do you say that um it's good to uh, continue influencing children and convincing them to take whatever path they want? Or do you think that parents should block off certain um, paths if they feel like it's um, unreasonable to take? No, I, I, I would encourage, you know, unless it's something illegal. You know? <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, would... that side. 
I, I wouldn't, you know, I try to encourage my son to pursue what he loves. I mean, this is a simple example, but, you know, growing up, I was, you know, I really liked to play football and, and he likes football. Okay. But he really loves soccer and I don't really know that much about it, but I completely <laughs> support him and, and, and want him to want him to do it. And he, and it's, it's his own individual, you see his individual character coming out. It's, Thank you so much, Brooks, for coming with us on this show. And we'll definitely be keeping up to date and following your sequel and hopefully get you back on the show. And if you continue the trend, we might see a teen book coming out, right? We would love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, time for another quick break. Listeners, if you're interested in Brooke Obrey's books, take a look at blueoceanbob.com and keep up to date with his upcoming sequels. When we return, we're going to be growing up a little and exploring our gifts in the world of teenagers with education consultant and lawyer Donna Zilka as she discusses the methods through which her students find their own gifts during college application times. I'm Steven Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. You should visit us at btsya.com. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.steputothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Added Preservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandar Pashal, and we're your teen hosts. Last segment, we talked with author Brooks Obries and learned about his fictional story of a young boy who finds his own passions through his conversations with sea creatures. This segment, we are visited by Donna Zilka, Director of College Services at Aristotle Circle, an education consultant company. Donna has been a lawyer for 35 years and has worked in French education policy for 15 years and has spent the past seven years consulting families applying for college in the United States and abroad. As a very experienced and knowledgeable person on the modern college admission systems, known for those essay prompts that frustrate millions of high schoolers as they try to describe parts of themselves that they never knew existed, Donna provides valuable insight into our theme of finding our gifts. Welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you. So Donna, just to first off, just to know a little bit about background, what is the Aristotle Circle and what is its main goal in helping students? Well, Aristotle Circle is a network of over 200 admissions experts from around the United States. We have experts to help students with every kind of talent they have. Uh, We have uh, experts for musicians, for athletes, for artists, for kids who are different learners. We try to achieve the best personality, personality and expert match between the student and the expert. We help kids approach test prep in ways that is specific to them. We have traveling coaches. We help kids around the world. We have valuable information on our website, which is www.aristotlecircle.com. That is basically what we do. That's really interesting. So when you pair kids with these uh, experts, what are they looking for? What, how do they decide, like, oh, this kid should be thinking about applying to this college? And how, how do the experts make those types of decisions? Well, the experts start with uh, interviewing the, the kid, the, the student. They, they talk to him. They ask him what he likes to do. They ask him if he has a- any, actually any passions, how, how he likes his schoolwork. Uh, what are his favorite subjects in school, Uh, what he did over the summer, what he does after school. The expert tries to find what the the student is seeking in the university and where the student seems to want to go. Does he want a school that is in a warm climate? Does he want a school that is on the East Coast, on the West Coast? Does he want a school in Europe or, you know, one of the schools in, in any country around the world. So, so the, the expert first wants to know what the student wants. That is the number one issue. The second issue is what school the student will get into, because schools look at a lot of things. They look first and foremost for grades. Then they look at test scores. But they also want to know the student and um, which school would be the best fit for the student. Where would the student be extremely successful? Interesting. 
when you ask the person these questions, when the experts ask, do you just ask them flat out about their wants for college or do you have like a special method of asking them? Well, you, you sort of start talking, you break the ice, you say, you, you know, do you, let's talk about what sort of school do you want to go to? Do you want to go to a school in a big city? Do you want to go to, to a school in the country? Do you want to go to a, you know, a, a big school, a school with amazing athletics uh, or a small school? What kind of structure do you want? Um, things like that. Do you want to be in a city? Do you want to be, it, it, it all depends, first of all, what the student wants. And then you talk to the student, you say, well, do you do any sports? Or, you know, do you have any artwork? Do you play a musical instrument? Um, what do you do in your summers? So you sort of get a feel for what the student wants to do. Does the student want to be in a school that is where there's a lot of political activism? Is, this, is the student very concerned about things like that? Or does the student want a school where things are very quiet? Uh, what sort of buzz has the, has the student heard about different schools and where, where would the student himself like to go and would that be a good match? And, and often what you do is you, you, after you ask the student those questions, you look at different schools that would fit his preference because we're really looking more at, especially in the junior year, where does the student want to go? Not where, you know, where will the student get in? Because the most important thing for, for college counselors and for, for any expert is to, to have a happy camper afterwards so that the, the kid can thrive at the school. You, that is the first and, and foremost priority of any, of, of any admissions expert. Yeah, then so, comes yeah. the other side. The, the next, the, 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 then you sort of say, okay, you want these sorts of schools, so here are the different schools that, that, that fit the profile of what you want. And now let's see, look at it from the other side, which are the schools where you would be more apt to get in? Because, of course, you want your student to get many, many acceptances and to have a choice. So I think the biggest question that a lot of us are asking right now, in a general sense, not just about college admissions, is what if we don't know what we want in general? Like, I mean, how do you I, help I know, somebody with that? Yeah, I know a lot okay. of people who just don't know how to answer those types of questions. What do you do to deal with that? <laughs> Well, the questions are not what do you want. The questions that one asks the asks the student is, do you do any sports? Well, the student doesn't do any sports. The student doesn't do any sports. Do you like music? No, I don't like music. Do you like art? I don't paint, and I don't like to go to museums. I don't like anything. But but everybody has something that they like. Maybe that person hasn't discovered it yet. I mean, I had a kid a few years ago who had to go and do community service. And he did community service in a, in a soup kitchen. And he decided that, well, you know, to make a little extra money then over the summer, he would go wash dishes in a restaurant. Well, his lucky break came one night when one of the line cooks called in sick and he had to fill in. Well, he found an absolute passion that he didn't even know he had. So it comes, every human being is impassioned by something now, maybe, you know, at some point, one kid is impassioned by video games and nothing else. But that is a passion in itself. Maybe that passion can be turned into something else. But everybody is special. Everybody has something. 
but they haven't discovered it yet. I had a I had a child who didn't know that they could run. They ran a charity race, and lo and behold, they came in one of the first. That child now is is impassioned by running, is on track teams, is the most valuable player, and is trying to be recruited by several schools. So wow. it's it it was amazing that, that, that really this this kid did not know that she that, that she actually could run. <laughs> it was yeah, definitely was, people do have these hidden passions. But I mean, how would you? What advice would you give to tap into that? Like. I'm pretty sure most of us are not going to go volunteer at a soup kitchen and suddenly become the head chef all of a sudden. So, well, well, well what, what you sort of do is say, what do you do when you get up in the morning? Okay, what makes you get out of bed besides school, of course? But there has got to be one thing in your day where you tell yourself, wow, I am so glad that I'm alive because I can experience this. In And that is... It's that certain thing that makes you want to get out of bed and you say, wow, I can't wait to do this. You know, th- there are many things, photography, um, talking with others. I mean, some kids maybe aren't impassioned by being the first at something, but they're the consensus builders. They they like to, to observe, to be with others. Well, the world needs those sorts of kids also, and colleges need those sorts of kids as well. I mean, they, they look at many things, but they also look at the uh, the kids who have empathy, who observe, uh, every kid eventually finds something that he is good at. I think at 16, some people are not impassioned, are not impassioned by things because at 16, there's so much out there, so much, so yeah, much bouncing around in everything. <laughs> yeah. and, and really, when, when colleges say, you know, what do you want to major in? I think that many kids say, I want to major in science or I want to major in math because colleges like to see it. But I was speaking to a president of one of the large universities, and he said, 75% to 80% of our kids say they want to be science majors. And then only about 20 to 25 percent of our kids end up being science majors because the oh, I know. Amazing. And a lot of kids find their passion, maybe not before college. Maybe they find it in college. I mean, a kid has never taken a philosophy class until they go to college, politics, things like that. But the there has to be something. I mean, you don't get up, go to school, come home and go to bed. The. Most kids have some spark in their day. What makes you happy in a day? Well, maybe it is, you know, having snacks. I don't know what, but that can be turned into something, some, some, something that you can do about anything, about yourself, about even looking out at the view. Why do you like the view out your window? There must be something that sparks something within you that that makes you like that. So you write about it. The it's it's hard. It's hard at 16. Many kids don't have a passion at 16, but there's always potential there. And that's what one wants to show as much as possible. So on that subject, Donna, what about the people who have passions that don't seem to be able to get them into places like like what you were saying? Most colleges like seeing math and science majors. What about a kid who has that passion for being empathetic, empathetic and just connecting to others? And then they suddenly feel like they can't do anything with that passion. What do you say to them? Well, here's what the the way colleges approach admissions. And, and I do have a, a young woman who really is 
not a superstar at anything, but she happens to be one of the nicest people that any of her friends have ever met. And when a college looks at college applications, yes, they look at the grades and they love those, you know, those fantastic grades on the transcript. It shows that you have staying power that you, you want to learn. Um, the standardized tests count because, unfortunately, we have standardized tests and schools like to have one standard that is, um, you know, the same for everybody. That's one small component. But what schools like to do is build a class. They don't look at each individual. They look at how the individual will fit into the class with the other, let's say, thousand kids in that class. So, uh, so, so within that, you try to find, you want the kid who's the consensus builder because you've got all these leaders, you've got all these impassioned people about sports and all these, these, these winners at everything. You want the person who can get all of these conflicts together and build a human environment. And yes, being a human being is a passion as well. And <laughs> that's what you yes. hope, you know, in some of these kids, because it is being a people person is something that's very important in, in the world in which we live. So, so yes, there's a place for everybody. And each kid that, that I've seen has found a school that they have been very happy at. That's a great message to end with. Sorry, Donna, it but is. we're out of time. So no we're going to take a great break. And thank you so much for joining us. For those that thank are listening, you. this is Donna Zilka from Aristotle Circle. You can visit them online at aristotlecircle.com. You are listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. And we'll be back in a bit. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is, is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Steven Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal, and we are the teen hosts for this show. Well, this week, we have heard from two guests with substantial background in the, in, in the issue of finding our own gifts and talents. We've talked to Brooks Ulbreese, author of Blue Ocean Bob, the best-selling story about a young boy who finds his passion for protecting sea life, and Donna Zilka, education counselor and specialist on deciding one's passions for the future. Now, to wrap up our show, we now have five, one of our five teen field reporters, Vivian Lee, with her segment, Say What? Say What gives you your weekly dose of random facts. Welcome back, Vivian. Thanks, Chandara. I'm Vivian Lee from Walnut Creek, California, presenting Say What? And yes, okay, I start, Can you just teach us how to say that? Because I've tried this before. I can't do it. <laughs> Okay, it's um, say you know, what? Yeah, I mean, all all you really need is enthusiasm in your voice, and you just go say what, and just bring up the what. That's so a really say emphasized what. what. Right. <laughs> say what. Steven, just keep practicing, what. Stephen. Say what. Stephen sounds I like think he I wants need to more sing practice. a song about it. Yeah. Continue, okay. Vivian. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, you know, today's theme is finding your gift, and. There are so many amazing hidden talents in this world, and I'm very excited to share them with you today as part of your fun facts. So let's get this started. Number one, you may recognize the first amazing talent. She made the world go, aww, with her wonderful singing and rapping skills. It's the eight-year-old Sophia Grace Brownlee and her adorable cousin Rosie, who dressed up as pink princesses and rapped along to Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> that um, is the weirdest video? image that has ever come to my mind. <laughs> You've never seen the video? Nine-year-old girls in princess costumes oh rapping. It's no, like, I okay. have not. It's it's super famous on YouTube. Like they have 21 million views and still counting. And they were invited on the Ellen Show to perform and meet Nicki Minaj. And um, it's it was clear that both Nicki and the girls were blown away by each other's presence and. Um, Nicki Minaj also encouraged them to continue their music, but to also study hard and put their, you know, school studies first. And um, I repeat, nine-year-old girls in princess, eight-year-old girls in princess costumes rapping. (laughs) Can we find it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can find it on YouTube. Yeah, go check it out. Up later. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you know, like certain parents, they were. Um, concerned with the lyric content because you know it can get a little explicit but <laughs> but apparently the the girls don't know what they're actually saying they don't understand what they're saying <laughs> wow. they just like to and they just memorize the words very quickly <laughs> and so they become a viral hit following up with another viral hit is um well did you know that there's an armless man in china that can play the piano with his feet his yeah. name is 
His name is Liu Wei. And when he was 10 years old, he lost both arms after he touched a high voltage wire while playing a game with his friends. And his piano teacher said that it's probably impossible for him to continue piano without his hands. So he decided to prove his teacher wrong and taught himself to play with his feet. So also, if, so if you want to check him out, you should type in China's Got Talent, Liu Wei. And I saw it like a while ago. He's so good. It's amazing. So you just really have to see it to believe it. There is hope for all of us. Anyone who's <laughs> lost their hands, you can still play piano. Right, right. <laughs> that must have taken so much concentration to do that with your feet. Yeah, it's like Jeez. all the little toes, they just have to move around. It's crazy. It's like but... chords and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you really just have to see it. <laughs> and continuing with the China theme, there's a man named Ru Anting who can write calligraphy with his own tears. And he has this quirky ability to shoot water from his eyes. What? Something he discovered as a child while swimming in the river. And this is true. It's, I'm not making this up. And after he lost his job, he decided to train himself to shoot his tears more accurately. And three years later, he could shoot water up to 10 feet tall. And now he's just enjoying the art of calligraphy now. Are you kidding? Ladies and gents, this is what happens when China takes over the world. Oh <laughs> no, there was, I actually saw a picture. It was, it was really weird. I don't know. It, it, I mean, and you can water our planet. Water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Because it's like water, it like just dis- I guess it disappears after a while, but it's really cool. I can't what? imagine him in water Amazing. fights now, <laughs> just shooting from his eyes. Yeah, no his eyes are water, water gun. gun. I've got one built into my eyes <laughs> 10 feet. Wow, yeah. And you know, speaking of eyes, did you know there's a blind artist who can draw portraits just by the power of touch using his hands? His name is John Bramblett, and when he was 30 years old, he went irreversibly blind due to complications of epilepsy and he entered this dark emotional period and he said and he says that painting helped him kind of get out of that zone and he started to mix colors using different textures and he can outline images and for an accurate portrait all he has to do is touch your face and he will have an image in his mind and an example of that is he did a portrait of Tony Hawk who he's never seen before but it was so accurate and he knows the faces of his wife and his son, although he's never seen them with his eye before because he can just imagine it in his head. Okay, I- I'm sorry. I'm kind of stuck on the idea that in order to draw, like, the body of someone, he's going to have to, like, use his hand a lot. That's really <laughs> well, awkward. I guess, I guess he won't do that. <laughs> he'll just. I guess he'll face. just paint, paint faces. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and number, <laughs> number five. Um, so we all know the eccentric Lady Gaga. But did you know she is also a former musical child prodigy? She learned to play the piano by ear by herself at the young age of four. And she had already written her first piano ballad when she was only 13 years old. And in that same year, she started to perform at clubs all over New York City. And when she Wait, was 17... How old was she? How old was she? she was 13. 13? Oh my. I'm guessing it wasn't those like um, sketchy clubs. It was... More okay. The, just yeah, cafes kind of thing, I think. <laughs> and um, when she was 17, she was accepted into the Tisch School of Arts at New York University as one of the 20 students to be accepted that year. And, you know, three years later, she was discovered and she signed a label. And I think we can all say that she writes some of the best songs ever. 
like paparazzi, bad romance, telephone. How did she get to the point where she is now then with uh, interesting music videos? You know, I I, I mean, I I think to be a star, you need more than musical ability. And she (laughs) kind of had that. And that's why she's so famous now. She had the You can talk about that. You're the fashion expert. (laughs) It's not as much as it's it's fashion, but hers is very unique custom made gaga wear kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Costumes almost. She basically branded herself. Like she's very she made it because of how unique she actually is. And she kind of is still different from everyone else, even if people think her music sounds pretty mainstream. She still has a quality about her that totally separates her from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I can imagine a course in college, the study of Gaga fashion. Yeah. Sandra, you should take it. Oh, geez. But don't copy it, please. His first choice of food was interpreted as, his, as being his prediction for that particular match. And his predictions were 100% correct for the World Cup. And Paul retired that year and passed away a few months later. But, you know, it was amazing. I... I kind of like kept in how track many, with him. How many games was that that he predicted correctly? Um, I believe it was eight, eight matches, and he got it correct every single time. Wow, one mm-hmm. over two to the eighth power. I'm trying to recall mathematics in my brain right now. Uh, that's a high number. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's it for today, though. Check Thank back you next. Thank you so much, Vivian, for these great gifts. I mean, I I think that. We all want to be the octopus that decides who wins the World Cup. Exactly. That would be a wonderful occupation. It'll also be nice to have eight limbs. Then I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be stuck with only two hands. Okay, I just realized how creepy that sounds. (laughs) I I, I should stop talking right now. (laughs) Just go dye your hair, Steven. Just go dye your hair. Okay, I honestly don't have hair dye. (laughs) I do have nail polish remover. But that's a long story that I will not get into. Right at all. I have nail polish remover, <laughs> not nails. the actual nail polish. It took me three weeks to find the right remover to get the stuff off my nails because someone painted them without me knowing. I think you <laughs> painted them with you knowing. No, I did not. I did not paint <laughs> my nails. I am a normal person. Anyways, Vivian, yeah. thank you so much for joining with us here today. And we're about to end our segment and end the show for this this week. We've been talking this week about finding your passions for, the, for our listeners. This is about who we are, what our talents are, what our gifts are, and how we can learn to embrace them and use them throughout our lives. Thank you to Star Style Productions for helping produce this show. Learn more about us at www.starstyle.us. This is your host, Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. And we want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. And check out our website at btsya.com. And you can upload your creative works at our site for free. Get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity and just know we really appreciate your donations. And most of all, remember to express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. 
produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you will let yourself.